I wrote each and every one, and each and every body, anybody could come and step up, bring your receipts. But I'm not playing. I'm back outside and I'm fighting back for us. And I'm also doing do a little fighting back for me. You know what I'm saying? So how much money does? And I'm, I'm just throwing this out. How much money does somebody like a Mace owe you? Because the reason I Mace say that, owes me three million dollars. That's facts. I got the receipt. Second album, you gave money to do a second album, never delivered. Did the album, never delivered. You know okay. what I'm saying? And I'm not going to go back and forth with Mace. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going back and forth with nobody. I'm just going to, if I'm here, I'm going to speak up for myself. I'm going to speak up for myself now. You know what I'm saying? No, with nobody. Mace, I love Mace. If anything, and I will tell anybody, anybody thinks I owe some, show me the receipt. You get paid in 24 hours. Because sometimes there's accounting problems. You know what I'm saying? Well, you've heard it. You've heard it here first. Okay? <laughs> 24 hours, you have your money provided. The receipts. Diddy's not playing. Let me go get my receipts. He said, what killed me is the envy and them. They still trying to figure out if Diddy owes them money, too. The the, nigga, you and everybody else <laughs> trying to figure like, out. Wait, hold on, because Revolt TV... And I was like, oh, they did have something a while back they together did. with the Breakfast Club. I'm not sure. You can see the wheels turning in their head like, hmm, let's definitely. find the receipts. So, wow. I mean, Diddy, Diddy was letting it all uh, out uh, this past week at the Breakfast Club. And so we're going to talk about that um, and his ongoing feud with Mace. We have to get into with all of his artists. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We have that. We got to talk a little bit about Kanye West, of course. He's been in uh -uh. the news recently. We uh, um, we're gonna talk about Cardi B and JT because I know you saw that. <laughs> the, all of these, all of the female rap, it's a lot of beef going on. This is what is happening. Listen, it's getting chilly out here, and beef season is among us. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? I mean, it's happening on the court, off the court. I know you saw the Draymond Green for the Warriors thing. I did. So, I mean, we're gonna I get into did. all of that this week um, and much more. Co-pop, are y'all ready? Here we Let's go. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? I'm Marcus Drew Steele. It's me, Trenton Rashad. And you are listening to Cold Pop. That's usually your part, but I guess I just did it. That's 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 fine. I'm I'm trying to get my headphone. Get get it together. together. Get it together. So <laughs> can well, we yeah. just say we we um we're in need of an audio engineer. If you are audio tech, audio, hit we're us looking up. for an intern. <laughs> Yes. We're looking for, we are seriously, like, for real, for real, we are seriously looking for an intern who specializes remote, in audio, remote Remote work available. Yes, work from, from the home. comfort of your own home. <laughs> if you need some service hours or something, please hit yeah. us up because we can't pay you. We'll hook you up. <laughs> okay, I will do an intern. I will I will fill out a report. Sure will. For a class, whatever. College please class credit? No. Absolutely. So. Anyways, how are you, boy? <laughs> I am doing okay. I am 
recuperating. I've been down this week. I was sick, so same. I had a cold. A little something here um, in the nasal, mm. in the nasal region. But yeah, I've been I've been sick this week, so it's been tough. What about what else about your week? Like besides the sickness? Well, I mean, so on top of that, I was also like Macaulay Culkin. I was home alone. Uh, all this week because oh, my old man had a work trip. And so in the house, sick, on my deathbed, alone. Dramatic. Um, just, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. But I powered through and I made it um, here today to record and um, talk about all of that's been going on. It's been a crazy week. Um, our beloved coal miner's daughter, Loretta Lynn, passed away this week. Did you hear about yeah. that? That was like, I did um, hear about that. So, I mean, that was like a situation, but um, what was uplifting? I will say, if anything up kept me uplifted this week, it was the Where Are They Now special they did on the Hair Box Women. Um, I don't know if you've seen this like on social I media, did not. but no. they're basically being like talking about like all of the women that appear on Hair Boxes are the oh. it girl. <laughs> and so. You know, a lot of them have gone on to go be really successful actresses, stars. Oh, singers, girl on P Valley was on a hair box. Yep. Um, and then some of them have it, and so you know, some of them are just like have like everyday lives, everyday jobs, and so uh, it's been cool to see that little story play out on where are they now for all of these uh, girls on the Just for Me hair boxes. Interesting. That's cute. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Um, as far as watching. Watched a lot this week. Uh, I did, of course, all of my regular shows. We are here with, we are at the end of Beverly Hills. Um, mm -hmm. And so the reunion will be coming up. I know you saw the trailer for that. I did. Um, you were telling me about that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You know, everybody's like kind of hyping Kathy up right now. We'll see exactly what this gets into. And like, I'm not forgetting that. Kathy definitely had some shit that went on that she somehow got scrubbed from even airing on the show. So, uh, super interesting stuff. Uh, I that did I see that, that on TikTok too. Yeah, so I did it's, see uh, that on TikTok with the edited the stuff wild. that got edited out. Yeah, it's wild how you know exactly mm -hmm. who's running the game uh, over at uh, Bravo and the production company that does Beverly Hills. So What did Nene say? When you got the coins, you right. can get something scrubbed exactly. if you need. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, I spent some time <laughs> this week on Roku, uh, checking okay. out Roku's original programming. Um, would have never thought that would have came out of my mouth, but decided to. It was just one night I was just here hanging out by myself and so decided to kind of get they have an interesting concept so i think that roku was doing a lot of short form television um so like episodes might be like six to nine minutes uh which so is cool. what quibi wanted to do um roku was taking on the torch uh so <laughs> we have uh the show that i was watching that i really liked it's called let's roll with tom mm -hmm. greenhand but he is a like a marijuana joint artist and he creates oh. these like beautiful creations for celebrities. Um, one of the episodes was really cool. Uh, Hannibal Burress, uh, who is, is it Burress or Burris? I think it's Hannibal Burris. Burris. Um, yeah. 
he create oh because Hannibal's from Chicago. He created like mm-hmm. a deep dish joint. What did it that look like? It was like a big pizza. It was like a big deep dish pizza. It like it looked like a, it came in like a real pizza box. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he opened it, it was like a joint, but it was like this big, huge, like deep dish. And on the crust, there was a little filter that you could smoke out of, and you just lit the tip of the pizza on fire. It was really cool. How much weed was used? So much. Oh my gosh, really? so much. Yeah, but it's interesting because he does. That, but he's like, he's done a couple of these. It's probably like got like six or seven episodes. Um, but he does these like crazy creations. His name is Tom Greenhand. You got to look him up. He's uh he's definitely an artist. Interesting. And he like okay, created like Yeah, he like took the he made the so the shape of the pizza, but then he also like took cannabis oil mm-hmm. and like melted it actually on the joint so it looked like melted cheese. It was it was really once again, very impressive, really cool. I wonder how you stumble into a job like that. Like, how do you? It's got to be a grassroots, like word of mouth type. Oh, of I'm sure celebrities artistry. have people that roll for them, just like you are oh, my professional roller. I well, think you know, that's Snoop how you Dogg start. Said he's got a professional roller. Yeah, I think that's how you start, and then you just start experimenting and. Don't let me get out here being a. Uh, I'll practice because you know. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'll practice, and if that's a new uh, stream of income, baby, go for it. Go for it. I'm here for that. But yeah, I mean, so that was kind of my week. What about you? Okay. Uh, Sort of similar to yours. I had a busy work week, and then on top of that, I caught a cold. And so, like, I have just been kind of struggling through that. Thank God it wasn't COVID. Had to take a COVID test and all of that to make sure, but... Had yeah. just been super congested. You know, the weather's changing. And so that's probably what it was. And I've just been dealing with that all week. And I feel like I'm on the tail end of it now. But still a little sniffly. And I got to cough a yeah. little bit like you do too. So that's pretty crazy. And um, some of my shows that I'm watching are also coming to an end. So like there's one more, what, this airs on a Monday. So this coming week is the season finale of She-Hulk. And so that I'll be ready to talk about. And then I think Andor, we're about to be on like episode six or something like that. And so there's a few shows that um, are coming to an end that I'm excited to talk about. I also had a chance to watch the um, Hula Wing drag extravaganza with uh, Ginger Minj and Monet, the little variety yeah. show. Did How you watch that? that? No, I haven't seen it yet. It was cute. It was cute. Like you could definitely tell um they chose they they chose the right girls i would have loved to have seen a few other girls involved in that as well like alaska or bianca or trixie but like it was the musical theater girls so like monet it was ginger it was manila um mo hart um juju b um landon cider i don't know if you know who he is the drag king from dragula uh lady bunny jackie beat um, and then this other girl who was um, a little person, but I forget her name, but it was cute. It was a 45 minute show, a little variety show. Although Ginger Minge and Monet did an amazing job. They did great. Um, and they sounded great. The vocals, vocals were on point. And so it was worth a watch. You know, if you're in the Halloween spirit, you could check it out on um, Hulu. They're pro- it's basically a big ad for Hulu's Halloween. And so like they promote 
a lot of okay. the the big movies and stuff that are coming out on Hulu, like Hellraiser, just came out, and so like they were promoting it and all of the other Halloween specials and TV shows that Hulu has, and so it was just like one big ad, but it was still cute. Cool. Uh, Did what you watch else? Uh, Hocus Pocus too? I told you I watched Hocus Pocus the the weekend it debuted. Oh, that's right. That's Remember, right. I had it in Fizzler Flat. I think like two weeks ago. I watched it. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, what did you think? Week. It was nice. <laughs> but Beautiful it was gowns. Nice for gowns. the uh, young ones. Like I said the last time, I didn't make it out to be anything that it wasn't supposed to be. It was a follow-up to an already child movie that I loved when I was a child growing up. And so it was nostalgia. It was nostalgia. It was great to see the ladies back. Kathy and Jimmy, Sarah Jessica Parker, Ben Midler, and some of the new cast and have Sam Richardson there as well. It was cute. I didn't take it for anything less than that. They didn't try to step on their toes and be something that they weren't. And I, I enjoyed it. I was like, cute. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, um, we're going on a trip soon. We are. We're going on a trip. You want to tell them where we're going? Um, we're going to uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Reunited, and it feels so good. I'm excited to see you. Yeah, I'm excited to see you too. It's gonna be a good time. No, you're not. It's you're been so a while. Fun. No, it's been a minute. So I, I, I'm excited to see you. I'm excited. For us to get together and kick it. Um, is this the Tough Crowd reunion? Are we going to film this? Is this Tough Crowd TC reunion? We should. We should definitely <laughs> have. Special? We should have had somebody film this. We should. We need to get a camera crew. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I agree. Um, um, what does this mean for our next episode, though? Because I know we'll be out of town when we usually record. So, like, are we going to take a week off? I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I think I have some ideas. I have some thoughts. We'll have to see exactly what this means. Okay. Well, y'all stay tuned. Um, so. Because our 100th episode is also coming up. Oh, that's right. Okay. Like, cool y'all stay tuned. Have. I mean, we, you know, we're going to be in Los Angeles. All the Hollywood. I could break some stuff the, if I need to. All the, all the West Coast pop stars. Like, I mean, <laughs> definitely do a So stay green. tuned. I don't know if we're uh, ready for a meet and greet yet. <laughs> I think we are. You watched an uh, interview with the vampire? So I have not watched it, but it is on oh, my girl. to-do list because Grey Worm is in there. Ooh. And I said, baby, let me check this out. Interview with the vampire is nice. I'm I've got it saved on my DVR, so I'm going to watch. I think I may watch it today, actually, after it's we're very done. interesting. So. Yeah? Take, but yeah. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. I do. I heard there's a lot of sex scenes. Uh, not a lot of sex scenes, but some pivotal sex scenes, some new shit that we haven't seen some, before. Some man on man sex scenes. Yeah, some gay sex. I'll be watching. <laughs> you know I'm gonna watch. Oh, we, that's all you needed to hear. <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, you already know I'm about to watch. And with that, so. let's move on to <laughs> our next segment. Uh, Woo child. Yes, entitled Woo Chow. Woo Chow. Uh, this is our rapid fire recall of the week's most ridiculous, <laughs> most ratchet moments in pop culture. Um, Marcus, I'll let you go first. So let's just go ahead and get one of the big 
big Wu Chow's out of the way. I know if you were on Twitter last week, then you probably know what I'm talking about. But the girls are fighting yet again. The girls are fighting. Um, the rap girls, Cardi B and JT from City Girls, got into it on Twitter again. So much so that they had Nicki Minaj changing her profile photo, Cardi B changing her profile photo. They just, I don't know what's going. We need to, we need to sit down and have a mediation with Cardi and Nicki because I was reading all of the comments and like, even though Nicki had nothing to do with this like was not in this argument everybody kept trying to put it on her and so i'm like we obviously need to sit down and have a mediation but basically jt and um cardi b got into it on twitter last week and it started with just cardi b tweeting like lapdog and then jt responding and tweeting something else and i'm actually reading this from xxl magazine who's so lovely uh documented this for us and it just kind of went on from there because, yeah, Cardi B tweeted Lapdog. And then uh, I hope you're what JT said. I hope you don't think, you know, bully JT posted shortly after and then said Wiener Dog to which Cardi oh. replied with go fetch. And so then they got into it talking about I thought we were handling this in the DMs. And now here you are bringing this shit onto the timeline. So let's go. And so like they started going back and forth at it. I'm not going to read all of the tweets, but it gets a little they they start talking about views and who's the bigger artist and who's got more credibility and who's just you know a lackey for someone else um nikki is implied there and so what are your thoughts about this i think that um we had started on such a good note in the female rap game things were going so Everybody well, was getting along. Everybody was getting along. Everybody was doing each other's, you know, dropping verses on everybody's songs, records, and things like that. And I don't know exactly what is going to help this dissension. I don't know if it's like so that someone can rise above. Is this a distraction? Are people trying to get stuff started behind the scenes so that someone can emerge um, from the pack as victorious? But um, I don't... How do I say this? I don't think that these young women have put the put enough hours in the game to be talking their shit so early. I really I just I don't think they have reached that 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 level yet. And we're talking about who's got more views and who's the bigger artist. Like to me, a lot of y'all are still on the come up and need to do, and need to just be focused on the music, building your catalog. And I would, mm, with the exception of like I would say Nikki, maybe Meg. No, Meg is still new to just like the rest of these girls because Cardi was Meg out before new, Meg but, was. I think Meg is new, but um. <laughs> She has um who doesn't she have a Grammy? Who has the Grammy? Yeah, Meg. I mean, I would say Meg. I would put I would put Nikki in there. Um Nikki does not have a Grammy though. I know she doesn't have a Grammy, but she still has to me the the, the catalog. She's got Cardi the, has yeah, what? Definitely. How many albums does Cardi have? One. So I'm so glad you said that because that's one what album. The, 
That's what they went tit for tat about because JT was like, this coming from a girl who's only had one album out and you've been out for like, how long? To which Cardi on. replied and was like, didn't you need me on your song twerk to get views because y'all Probably. weren't getting them yourselves? And so but that was the tit for like, tat. One hand washes the other. Like we can't, like let's not even get into it. Like one hand washes the other. We help each other out. And that's exactly what y'all need to be focused on is building that catalog and, and stop all this i feel like it, we started out so well and look at look at what y'all doing now i just thought it was very interesting because we did not hear anything from meg rightfully so meg mind no. your business we did not hear anything from doja doja's too busy winning and at paris fashion week we'll get to that uh nikki didn't say anything but everybody kept trying to say Oh, this is Nikki yet again trying to come at Cardi and like they just need to sit down. What do you think about that? Like, even though Nikki was not like involved in this, they tried to put this on her because she changed her profile picture to JT. And then Cardi B ended up changing her profile picture to Remy Ma. So then obviously she was shots fired at Nikki again. So what are you what are your thoughts about this beef between Nikki and Cardi? I think Nikki's always sticking her place and knows in business that it has no business in. Um, and she has been a lot more, um, she's been a lot more, she's become a lot more susceptible to the online chatter and responding back yeah, and firing back lately. Um, Party that too. I feel like it's just been like, you would have, I just didn't know that you needed to do that. I don't feel like, I feel like at the space that you're in at the level you're at, it's not necessary for you to even do that. I don't but think Lou any of the girls need to do that. I mean, Let we all know that. For itself. Well, that's just not that's just not how <laughs> it works this time and this day and age in the music industry. <laughs> the music doesn't speak for itself. The music is not selling um, itself, and so you have to kind of put Ooh. some things together sometimes. Um, Say that in again. order to in order to kind of build some buzz around it. I get it. I understand it, but I feel like you have to kind of pick and choose exactly where where that. Um, sense of contention is going to be coming from and, and who you're going to be playing that game with um so do we know why exactly cardi hasn't put out a follow a sophomore album yet probably trying to put it together maybe i don't know trying to figure out exactly the right mix and match of um producers artists people to have on i don't know because it's been what invasion of privacy came out what 2017 2018 it's been a while it's been a while, hasn't it? Pre-COVID. <laughs> wow. I just thought about that. And then City Girls can't seem to catch a break. I mean, what? what's the other girl's name? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that. Carisha is uh, doing her thing. Young Miami's doing her thing. That's what I'm saying. She's got the little talk show thingy that has caught steam. And yep. is it, is it who's, who's the one dating Diddy? Carisha, Young Miami. Carisha child i can't keep up Woo, child i just i wanted to bring that up obviously i if you want to read all of the tweets and kind of like get the full timeline you can head over to xxl.com and check it out or just google it hell and you'll see all of the tweets between the two of them but woo child woo child up next i want to talk a little bit about draymond green and jordan's pool uh, God, another the Golden State Warrior <laughs> situation, practice. and so God. this past week at practice on Wednesday, um, it there was first off there was a camera going, and that was like a no no in practice number one. But there was a camera going that recorded an altercation between Draymond and uh, Jordan, at which point Draymond calls Jordan a bitch, 
and they proceed to kind of um, make their way towards each other. Jordan pushes him. Jordan pushes Draymond away. Draymond, then, what, Draymond went Draymond, to Jordan. Well, they kind of what they, I saw. They, Draymond walked they, to it Jordan. Looked like the, it looked like that they were him. going. It, it looked like they were going towards each other because Jordan mm. definitely wasn't backing up. But Jordan well, pushed I him you called away. Me a bitch. Um, and so Jordan pushes him um, off, and then Draymond goes in for the punch, and Jordan goes down. Now, everything that has kind of happened from the fallout of this av- after the video actually leaks, um, because I think out NBA as many practices and many games, these guys are going to fight. I mean, I, this that piece is not surprising. The fact that this has been leaked and has gone out to uh, the masses. People are now asking, okay, well, what kind of um, what kind of punishment, what kind of consequences are there going to be uh, for Draymond Green? He actually did a press conference earlier uh, this morning uh, on the day of this recording, basically saying that he will be taking a break from Golden State Warriors. Now, we don't know what a break means. We don't know exactly how long that's going to be, but maybe some things um, he needed to just kind of get away and cool off. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm thinking. He apologizes for his part in the video. He said that, you know, he went back and watched the video um, like 15 times um, and says it looks it looks horrible. He said it looked worse than what it Duh, actually nigga, It you know, does look horrible. <laughs> but he, he acknowledges that, you know, he it was his mistake. He's since apologized uh, to um Jesse Jordan, sorry Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Poole, and Jordan's family, um, as well as he apologized to the team. Um, has Jordan said anything? Jordan has not came out with a statement yet, um, as of right now. But uh, what are your thoughts on this, Marcus? At this point, honestly, if I was Jordan and I got hit, I wouldn't say anything. I would let Draymond excuse my language here because I'm, I'm using this as sort of like a metaphor. But I would let Draymond hang himself. Like you, you did this. You hit me. So you I'm gonna leave you out here floundering and you figure it out. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna go on with my basketball career and be I'll still be on the Warriors and playing. You're the one taking a break. So like I would let if I was Jordan, I wouldn't say anything at all and go on about my business and let Draymond try handle all of this publicity and opinion and press and all of that. If I had to guess, I think these guys are really friends. They are friends. And so I think that this was one situation where it got too heated, maybe went a little bit too far um, because they did. They did want to know. They asked uh, Draymond a couple of times of like, why did this happen? He was like, I just want to keep everything that happens in practice should stay in practice. And so he didn't want to go into exactly what escalated the fight to that level. But. Um, I, I would say that these guys are probably good. They've been together now for for quite some time. They've won their championship together, um, and they have a good rapport. So hopefully, um, this doesn't this doesn't break that bond. But I would say the Draymond probably take maybe a couple couple days off, maybe a week off. Come back, get your head right, and get back in the game. Ooh, ciao. Ooh, ciao. Um, a lot has happened this week. Can we get to the other big thing? That happened this week that, you know, and, and let me preface this by saying, if anybody knows pop stars, you all know, Trent, you know, I loathe talking about this man and I refuse. But when it's a story this big and that everyone is talking about, 
We've got to talk about Kanye West. You know oh, I hate okay. talking I was like, about what Kanye are you West. About? Okay. You know, you, like if there's anything you know about this podcast, if you're a pop star listening to this podcast, I have vis- I have verbally said multiple occasions how much I hate talking about Kanye West. I don't want to give Boy. that nigga no airtime, but we must because we must do our duty. And so this is coming from The Guardian, and I just want to read this little bit, and then I'll let you give me your um, initial thoughts, okay? Okay. So this is coming from The Guardian. It says, It was billed as a surprise fashion show, but landed as a bigger surprise than expected. A secret catwalk event by Kanye West at Paris Fashion Week included a t-shirt with the slogan, White Lives Matter. The shirt, which featured a photo of Pope John Paul II on the front, was worn by models on the catwalk and by Ye and Candace Owens. Let's just go on and throw that in there, too. As West prefers to be known, along with the right-wing commentator Candace Owens as a guest at the show. <sighs> so, I, I don't have much to say on this, but okay. I just, once again, want to let everybody know how I... I this is one of the times I really, really agree with Amanda Seals. How much longer are you all going to let this go on? How much How much longer are we going to buy yays and Yeezy sneakers and all of this other bullshit supporting this man? How, long, how much longer are we going to let this go on now? How much longer are we going to, oh, it's a joke. He's running for president and this dad in the third and embarrassing his baby mama and his kids and deal, clearly dealing with some type of mental disorder that needs help how, how much longer are we gonna let this go on you tell me trent how much longer are we gonna let this go on um and so i guess my question is for you of what would you like to see happen what do you think should happen i would love for this man to disappear from the public eye altogether number one which i know is impossible or number two just stop supporting him like stop supporting him like i don't stop stop financially supporting him stop physically supporting him like why are why why does i don't understand how kanye yay yeezy whatever you want to call him has such a hold on a portion of the black community like this and and white people too i don't understand how he has such a hold on some of you all that like you can't see like i, I don't get it like I, yeah. and, and i say this as i've been a huge fan of Kanye in the past like you know this like way 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 back in the day but just recently like within the past few years like nigga I bye. mean I feel like I, I think we have a lot of the same situations that people have with R. Kelly of like it's really mm. hard to separate that music from the man um, or the art from the artist and um I do feel like Kanye is ascending to that like Trump status of where people are having to really start to place large um, obstacles or barriers to kind of help like restrict some of this messaging. And so I don't know if you saw, but he just recently got um, he got his uh, restrictions on Instagram. He got restricted on Instagram. Good. Uh, and they and they deleted some of they started to delete some of his content. Um, Adidas is now questioning their partnership um, and whether or not to continue. They're just now questioning his partnership. Like, well, you know, they've the always fuck? had 
they've had some issues, but I think with everything that's recently kind of happened over the next past days, Adidas is doing now some some digging to kind of look into this as an investment. We've been known well. this though. We've so, known this. I mean, I think you have to remember that I mean, this is not somebody who's on a conservatorship. This is somebody who is governing <laughs> governing themselves and can move as freely as they want to with the money and the resources to do so. Um, and yet y'all want to give Wendy so, Williams so much flack, but Kanye West is out here just doing anything. The, it, I think they should the be together. They need to go together. They need to be in the program together. But we're so concerned and worried about Wendy and all oh, we knew was something was wrong with her, this and that and the third. Meanwhile, this nigga's over here just doing whatever he wants to do. Who does Kanye have around him? And I think that's the bigger question. That's like, who are the people around him right now? Is it so? And is it a is it a is problem? Is there going to be anybody of, to, to snatch him up and be like, "Wake up, son"? Is it a problem of who he's had around him, or is it a problem of how he's alienated himself from everyone who was his friend, or was engaged to him, or married to him? Like, I feel like he's purposefully alienating himself and he positioning himself in a in a spot that is like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing?" I don't doubt that to be true. Um, I mean, I don't doubt that to be untrue. I think that's what I mean. Um, yeah, you but don't doubt that to be I untrue. I think um, I would say that it's probably it's probably a little bit of both, right? Like he's probably got some people that he's pushed away, um, but then also there's people that are probably fearful of and just going to yes him all the way up until oh yes, like we. That's, that's because that's, they want something. That's the move. Yeah, because they want something and they're profiting from it as well. So, What do you think about the t-shirt? A, a, a stunt. Like, to me, that kind of stuff, I will I will look at it and I will just keep out. I, I won't even acknowledge it because you're obvious, that is a stunt. You're trying to get a reaction. You, you have an issue. You have you have some some mental health issues, and so that is a direct uh, result of that. And you trying to cope with that, or you seeking attention um, for that. And so, and I think it's unfortunate that Candace Owens chooses that to kind and of here like she go. pop on, right? Um, because once again, you have someone who is not mentally um, well, but she don't look like she you, mentally you well wanna, either. But you want to latch on to that. So I don't know. It's all very interesting. I think I don't I'm not exactly sure what the story or what the history books are going to say about Kanye um, or hmm. what that legacy is going to be. But um, it's, it's super problematic. And I think for someone who has so many good ideas and wants to do good in the world, um, you he he messes it all up and 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 basically conflicts that with these 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 crazy stunt tastic um, things that he wants to put on. The shit is wild. I just it, it it makes my skin crawl to even talk about him anymore because I don't want to give him any more publicity i don't want to give him any more attention or notoriety because i feel like i agree with you like that's what this is like this is attention like you want to be the topic of conversation you no matter what you do and it's like let this nigga go off into obscurity and do whatever but like stop supporting this man like yeah 
What what is uh New York's mom say? What's not clicking? What's not clicking? Tiffany? What's not clicking, yeah. Tiffany? Exactly. What are you not understanding? <laughs> so yeah. anyways, Wu Chow. I'm on one today because we got a lot of shit to talk about, girl. So just get ready. <laughs> get ready. What else you got? Well, I want to go to the beginning of the, the first clip that we heard. So the Diddy and Mace feud has reignited. Let's get into we, got, that. we got some extra we got some extra kerosene thrown on <laughs> Fucking get into uh, that. that feud this past week. Uh, Diddy was at the Breakfast Club uh, promoting a new song um, that he has coming out or that he's had come out. I don't know. It's been out care. for a little bit but, now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in his conversations, DJ Envy starts to press him about Diddy's long history of owing artists and people feeling they, they, they've been cheated. This um, is what we call so journalism. To which Diddy took some offense to, and he's you know he said you know in him trying to build his legacy that 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 has been a stain on it, and that he feels like he's went to he's went to war for so many, um, and that he's tried to give people opportunities, but this is unfortunate that this has been something that that has followed him in his career. Uh, he was saying he goes on to kind of talk a little bit about particular artists. We all know that him and Mace have had this long feud. Mace has said that he's been owed, you know, a lot of money, um, got taken advantage of and through the contract, uh, the recording contract. Diddy says that Mace owes him money. We get into the lots. We got, got into a couple of artists. They specifically focused on Mace. Um, and Diddy let it be clear and let it be known. He was like, Mace owes me money. He says, Mace owes me $3 million from an advance uh, for Mace's second album that actually never happened. Well, once that hit the airwaves, Mace immediately took to social media to let people As he know should have. exactly what, you know, <laughs> what he was talking about when he, because Diddy put the charge out there. If you have receipts, come with those receipts. Um, so Mace immediately took to social media and was saying like, how dare he come and ask for receipts? He knows exactly where all the receipts are. He made some efforts to Diddy's mom and that the that she has the receipts. So I don't know. And that a lot of this, and that everything is in Diddy's mom's name. I don't know what that meant. I didn't, I didn't look to even, I didn't even go into that. Is there that. some tax evasion going on here? I didn't even go into that, but he was like, you know exactly where the receipts are. Everything is in your mother's name. But then he starts to go into all of the artists that Diz, that Diddy had, you know, allegedly um, done wrong in the past. And he was like, he was like, you need more proof. He was like, Biggie's not here, so he can't speak up for himself. Craig Mack is not here. He's dead, so he can't speak up for himself. Black Rob is not here. He's dead. He can't speak up. Like, he starts to kind of go down that list it's saying that he's basically one of a long list that has been done wrong by him overall i think in the music industry you're always going to have this kind of this struggle between management and the artists with with record deals and back then the wild wild west of like when they was just giving people record Publishing deals, and deals people just signing, record deals. it was just you know it was wild and you know people got done wrong marcus what are your thoughts so you know, you know my favorite phrase, a tale as old as time. We've talked about this 
And it has been a topic of conversation just among black people who are into music and pop culture, period, about the long list of artists on Bad Boy Entertainment who no longer exist and cannot be found and are living regular, degular lives when they've had multi-platinum albums and sold-out arena tours. Why are you living in a one-bedroom condo in Michigan when you could sh- should clearly have royalties from a double platinum album that you and your group had back in the day. Like, I don't understand. The list goes on. We could talk about 112. We could talk about Total. Fuck, we could talk about Danity Kane. Like, what? Th- the list goes on of artists involved with Bad Boy and Diddy exclusively who have all said that they were not paid the money that they were owed off of a double platinum album or a hit song or a hit single or a sold out tour. So, I mean, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And so I thought it was very interesting to be like, show the receipts. Now, the gag would be is what if all of these artists showed up with receipts? Because didn't we just see Pam on some rinky dink show on BET? On, on yeah, some girl group on, show, um, BET. Yeah, what was she this was show on, called? Uh, the not the comeback. That's Valerie Cherish. She. You was don't on, even know. See. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> she was on the show. The show I was. For, called, I the, forgot the already. The group is called the Blueprint. The group. What was, was the name Blueprint. of the show though? I don't know. Second chance. Yeah, Divas. exactly. Exactly. Divas but I mean, second like, chance. Divas with a second chance. <laughs> but i mean like it's it's very clear like something is going on like i i found it very weird and i'm not saying i i I was clearly not a part of bad boy so i'm not gonna sit here yeah you weren't outright and outright blame diddy but i just i've always had the question in my mind too of of like damn i really loved some of these groups some of these artists whatever happened to them and then come to find out they've gone bankrupt or they can't afford to pay their bills or they're living in a one bedroom condo in Michigan and can't you know afford to do anything and it's like why is that so who where's all your money where did all your money go and the only person that is the common denominator in all of these things is Sean P Diddy Puff Daddy Combs so what's the tea I don't know if there's really any tea I think it's interesting that um I thought, well, what I found to be interesting was Diddy basically saying, like, no, Mace actually owes me money. Which Um, was outlandish to me. I thought that that was interesting, but could be true. It could be. He says he has receipts to prove it. Um, Prove it. Prove it. If you're going to go out publicly and talk about this, so prove it. Let us know. What does he owe you for? Yeah. He said, he said, he said he had... because you know Mace only did one album. He was and that was the Diddy's other thing. He was like, How do I owe you all this money? You only did one album with me. You only did one album and then you wanted to go run off and be a pastor. So we're not gonna talk about the countless features that he was on and the countless soundtracks that Mace was on. I like, don't know if it's countless, not, but I'm not I don't know if it's clear. countless. Mace was big. He was Mace big for he was several hot. Hits. He, I will say he was hot for a second, but what I'm saying is, Diddy's like, wasn't he on more money, more problems? He's like, he's like, we did one album together, and then he said that the three million dollars. He said he gave Mace three million dollars as an advance for album two, but Mace never did a second album. 
Mace. He never did one. I thought Mace you did remember do he... a second album. No. He went mm. to go be a pastor. But then he came back and did another album, didn't he? No. Because what happened to that Welcome Back, Welcome Back? That was one welcome. song. But there was no album after that. No album. He said, and he said, he's still waiting. He's like, I said, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I'm still waiting. But um, it's like I said, I think these two, when they were together, were a perfect combination. I love them together. Um, it doesn't look like that that would be happening anytime soon. Uh, I hope that they d- are able to move past this. At this point, this is old man beef. Y'all, y'all are very old and need to act y'all age and not twelve. One twelve had would like a word. Total would like a word. I'm sure Danny Kane, who had two number one albums, we'll see. Let's would see like him. A word. Let's see him. Everybody thinks that. Yeah, he's like he's like. If you think I wronged you, like, please. Hmm. Please Ooh, come child. forward. Definitely, Wu Chow. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay, I because you know some of these like is just I don't even know what to say. Uh, okay, so do you know who the Try Guys are? Uh, yeah, I've heard of them. So for those of you who don't know, back in the golden age of BuzzFeed. Um, there were a lot of people that you would probably recognize now, including Quinta Brunson, um, the Try Guys, um, and several other millennials, people our age, who got hired at BuzzFeed. And there was a little bit of a video renaissance. You know, they were doing some really cool online videos for BuzzFeed that, you know, garnered a lot of attention. They were racking up millions and millions of views on YouTube. But one group in particular were the Try Guys. They started out on BuzzFeed and were an instant hit. And they consisted of, um, I think it was Keith Hat. Hat Habersberger? I don't know. I think it's how you pronounce his name. Habersberger? Habersberger? Keith Habersberger? Okay. But I'm just going to use their first name. So Keith, Zach, Ned, and Eugene. Let's just call it what it is. Keith, Zach, right. Ned, and Eugene. Let's call it thing a thing. Yeah, we're going to call it thing a thing. I'm not even going to try to go there. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> um, so the four of them formed this group called Try Guys, and we're doing all of these very funny relatable videos i admit i watched tons of them when i when they were on buzzfeed and stuff and they had gotten so big that they even decided to like strike out on their own and form their own company and like form their own llc and their own brand called try guys but recently this is this is my tiktok news but i'm backed up by variety this article from variety that um, talks about a little bit more recently in the past month or so there had been rumblings that ned who is married and has a child as you would know if you watched any of their videos because ned always talks about his wife had been having an affair with an employee and so people were talking about this but nothing had really come to it and then one day ned just kind of disappeared from all of the try guy videos well recently keith eugene and uh Zach all went on uh, their YouTube channel and did a statement and basically were like, Ned is no longer, uh, Ned has been let go from Try Guys and will no longer appear in any videos. He's been fired, blase, blase, blase. Come to find out, Ned has been 
allegedly, well, I guess not allegedly, right? This is true. Having a consensual affair with one of their employees that basically put the entire company in danger because if you're the boss and having an affair with one of your subordinates, like that's a huge issue. And so they had to release a statement saying that, you know, they were doing an internal investigation um, and that Ned, of course, had been let go of everything. It would no longer be a part of the group and how he had basically almost um, put in danger a lot of booking deals like the Try Guys. They have a show on the Food Network that was in prime time. But then after this all happened, their show got moved to Friday mornings. I said, damn. I said, damn, now, we know Friday mornings, Friday nights are tough. That's like graveyard shift when it comes to TV. And so there's a, they put a lot of their deals in jeopardy. And so what are your thoughts about this? Like, do you know anything about any of this going on? I had heard about it. I think, I think this is an instance in which you will, your life that happens off camera, um, is connected directly to what happens in front of the camera. Um, they've developed a pretty large following and this is you thinking that you can have, be able to compartmentalize your life to be, to fit into these like certain boxes doesn't always work. And this is an instance in which those two worlds collided and really fucked up his bag. Uh, because in all in all sincerity, he probably should have been able to go about this and be fine without ever getting caught. But the fact is, you are a public face now. You are a public figure. And so when people see you out and about... Um, yeah, and you not with your wife or, or who people know your wife to be, it's going to be a problem. And, and people feel like they also do have that connection to you because I think that that's how the Try Guys found out, right? That a fan sent them, like, photos of him out with another woman. Several fans. Several fans. Yeah. And so this is, this, is, <laughs> this is an instance in which, you know, you are a public figure and you thought you was able to move freely but no it says it goes everywhere and it's 360 so so let's be clear that this was not okay for him to do because the girl that he was having an affair with was also engaged and had a fiance and so that drags even more drama into it but it's not number one it's not okay because he is he was one of the co-founders of this group and is the boss and having this relationship whether it be consensual or not with a subordinate employee like that's not okay to begin with number two your wife just had a baby like what what are you doing <laughs> your wife yeah. literally just had a baby and so like you throw that piece into it and then the third piece of just now you've got all of these brand deals and stuff that the business that you guys have worked years to get and like make some kind of like success off of that you put in jeopardy because you decided to go and make a stupid mistake so like i would be pissed too if i was eugene or or uh keith or zach you know i would be upset and they they have a podcast and like talk about it in depth on their podcast and they talk about how it was like going through a breakup it was like it all affected them really really tough because again they've been together for like almost a decade like they've been together for a long time and so we wow. know them as a foursome. And so for all of this to kind of like 
happen and just to kind of deteriorate like this that absolutely sucks yeah hmm you don't have what, don't... you don't I know I agree with you that yeah, it's definitely wrong um I wonder what it looks like as far as support behind behind the scenes of like if we were cool, if we got where we're, we were all friends, like it feels like I, yeah, like I made a mistake and um, I am being like, think of it like the curve. Think of it like this, and I'll use us as the example. We'll, well, that's why we'll, see, that's why I'm thinking of I'm thinking of it like us as an example. Let's like, think hypothetically, this here. is not we do not have a big corporation here, like, this is not a come on, say. So say we started out like we are now, you know, we're hustling as cold pop and trying to get a sponsorship and trying to get on platforms and trying to get a team and obviously trying to get an intern and stuff like this to really start, you know, elevating ourselves a little bit more. And we put in all we've done five seasons of podcasting, you know, and say maybe our big break doesn't come into like season eight or season nine of the podcast. You know, all of this work and stuff that we put in and then I come to find out that you're having an affair with our intern or something like that. And now all of these brand deals that we've been working really hard on decided they want to pull out because it's a bad look nigga i would be pissed i would be upset i would okay. be upset knowing that we had the same the same mission and the same goal of like making this our sole source of income so that we don't have to work another job again and we could purely just talk with our friends and talk about pop culture and stuff and you mess that up for us that that would definitely call our friendship into question so, so you would be mad, right? Yes. Okay. I would be yes. upset. You'd be mad. Yep. Does that mean I'm like out? Like I'm complete, like I deuces, like no. You nothing. saw what happened to Jesus and Mero. Shit. Well, damn. I, well, I know you're not Mark Mester. I know I take count on you to be Mark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, because your ass was over here talking a couple weeks ago. Oh, sitting by your friend, sticking by your friend. That's right. You better stand up. Not when you do some fucked up oh, shit like no. that. Like, you got to have some okay. human decency and some morals and values to yourself, first off. And number yeah. two, you knew better. You knew better. Like, why would you even, why would you yeah, try to shit where known we better. eat? He definitely should have known, known better. better. And I think that, um, I think he should have known better in, in this situation. And who knows how, how long that situation was going on with him. Apparently for a while. Yeah, it probably was. And it's probably something that graduated when they were just starting out. And now that they have gotten this like notoriety, it, it probably had continued to progress over that time. And now that they're on this bigger platform, it's one of the things that have come out. But yeah, Ooh, um, unfortunate situation for Try Guys. Keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> try Guys. Okay. Don't do that. Well, everybody's trying to call them try guys now, as in like a triangle, a tri a pyramid, instead of like the try guys, since there's only three of them now. But woo child. Definitely. Um, what else you got? B Biden has taken steps to decriminalize marijuana. This past week, he made an announcement saying that we were going to start a, he's starting a three step plan in order to uh, decriminalize marijuana. The first of that being um, pardoning all federal offenses for simple marijuana um, possession. 
So this is a huge step um, in this. Uh, the, the second step of that, though, will be encouraging governors um, to also pardon marijuana offenses, simple marijuana possession offenses um, in their states. So because I, I don't think Good there's luck. many cases on the, the federal level, but the state level, um, this would be an opportunity to really change change quite a bit for people that have been locked up for for weed. Um, I I'm excited about this. I think that in the decriminalization of marijuana, there's probably also gonna have to be a little bit more education to people about how you can go about selling it if that is something that you want to do. Um, but then there's also going to be a lot of things that come back on the, the state side. Um, of setting up like the regulations for each state and how and how that's going to go, Marcus. What are your thoughts on on this exciting new um, venture into cannabis? I will use the words of Lizzo. It's about damn time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this right. is. I mean, I, I, I've I've not been very shy about. Well, maybe I have been, but I am a weed smoker. I'm. I say and I oh, say that in the most professional sense. Because it helps with my anxiety. Like, it definitely helps with my anxiety. You know, I do it in my off time. I don't do it when I'm, like, working or having to be professional. But, like, when I'm by myself in my me time or on the weekends, I absolutely do. And, like, I've been lucky enough to live in states that weed is is legal in. But it's about damn time. Like, I absolutely – if there are – White institutions who are able to profit off of the selling of marijuana, cannabis, CBD, all of that stuff. But you still have the majority of black people who are sitting behind bars for minor weed offenses that have been pulled over and arrested and sentenced to 10 plus years in prison for a, a simple weed uh, weed offense. Possession. It's yeah. about damn time. Uh, yeah. Weed pos- possession. Thank you. It's about damn time. Yeah, and so I think, uh, like I said, I think that this will hopefully start to uh, right some of those wrongs that have been made in the past, um, especially in the black and brown communities uh, where where people have just been arrested um, based on, you know, based on simple possession. Where I am interested to see exactly how this goes is just the category, how weed is going to be categorized. for right now, I'll just kind of put this. This is under federal law, um, and this is through the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, weed right now fits under the same federal classification as like heroin and LSD, which I mean Ridiculous. is quite. I mean it's quite a large Ridiculous. jump. Um, so I don't know exactly how that's going, where it's going to fit now. Um, uh, within that department or, or how it's going to be categorized. But I think that that will be really interesting in, in how it will affect um, Americans. Ooh, chow. So we, we, the Wu Chow segment is long, but baby, Just we got some things. We're at, we're at an hour. It has been. So you guys are getting, you guys are getting a full dose today. Can we talk about the bros movie? I feel, I feel, I, I feel a little it. bad. I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go which see is exactly, it. Though. Which is exactly why I'm it had a to go dismal see it. box I office. I want to go see it. I, I do haven't. too. So, 
So let me say this. So the headline states that bros had a very poor b- debut opening weekend at the box office. Like, very, very poor. I think they said they spent like $14 million to have it made, and it only made like $4 million. That's unfortunate. And then we have Billy Eichner coming out blaming straight people for not coming to see the movie. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, well, girl, is this movie made for straight people? Or is this made for gay people? Like, know your audience, number one. Like... I feel as though, why are you trying to make a movie for straight people instead of just giving the gay community what they want so that they can support you? I know a lot of people who have said, oh, yeah, I've heard about that movie. I want to go see it, but I haven't seen it yet, including us. But I also feel like this movie would have been better as a streaming service. HBO Max. Give me a Netflix or an HBO Max. I think you probably would have gotten much bigger numbers and much more return on your investment had this debuted on Netflix or HBO Max instead of in the movie theaters. I as, as much as I saw the trailers and was like, oh, this looks very cute. It's not a movie that compels me to go to the movie theaters. You're telling me you want me to get up out of my bed, put on an actual outfit, go to the pay for a movie ticket pay for gas you know gas is damn near six seven dollars a gallon as it is already you know and go go see this movie and and then do whatever else like when i could just easily watch it from home sorry billy well i thought that 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 was the big exciting thing about this project is that it was like the first full like it was gay rom-com that's put on by a studio by a a big studio release and all of that thing so i think that there was it makes sense that they did a theatrical release because that this was such a momentous like this is a milestone um in american cinema and um the fact that it's not getting the attention or the turnout that it was destined to have or that people think it should have to me is that's fine. I don't think this is this is this is a movie that um, as mainstream as they want to make it for all the audience. It's not mainstream. This is this is a gay film, and so um, it's unfortunate that it didn't get that turnout. But it's not it's not completely surprising. Uh, as far as Billy like blaming the straight community, I think. I think he might be coming at this with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, oh, absolutely. Just in like in press and some of the press interviews, I've heard him kind of talk a little bit about how he was treated by Hollywood um, when he first arrived and he was trying to get jobs and things like that. And so I think mm-hmm. he is showing up to this already a little jaded um, just from those experiences. And so he sees it as a, you know, as a they're trying they don't like me or that they don't like you know the straight people are once again trying to um prove a point that you know i'm either too gay or i'm too this or too that i would i would hope that we get out there and that the attendance picks up because you know i think there is some truth to the conversation of you know if one if this first one doesn't do as well, will there be an opportunity for a second one? I think that there could be some truth to that. Um, and we want to see more of our stories told on film. And so I hope I hope the attendance picks up. 
I think it's more of a I don't think it's a you said something you said is it a is it a turnout issue or is it a what else did you say? <clears throat> I said a lot of shit. I was talking about I first talked about <laughs> Billy um if whether it was a um talking about like mainstream making it a mainstream. You had said movie. something else. But I, I, the what I was, the point that I was trying to make was, is that the movie has a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I mean, like, it's a good it's, oh, movie. It's attention. What people are, you said attention people versus turnout. People are saying it's a good movie. It's just the the problem is the turnout. Like the attention's yeah. there. Like it's a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like the critics and all the reviews I've read have been glowing about the movie, but the turnout is the issue. Nobody's showing up to go see it. All I hear are people like you and I talking about, "Oh yeah, I heard about it. It looks great. I just haven't gotten a chance to go see it yet." We'll get out there. We'll so get, who knows? We'll get, we'll get there. This is just opening weekend. This is just round one. Let it pick up. Well, it's two weekends. It's been two weekends now. I might go see it this week. By the time this airs, it'll be two, two, almost three weekends. Hell. I might go see but, it this weekend. Who knows? Woo child. Well, that's all I had. I'm going to save my last one. I think is more of a fizz or flat than a woo child. So I'll move it there. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, it'll be time for our spotlight shows of the week. This week, I'm covering HBO's industry. And Marcus, what are you doing? At- and I'm covering Disney Plus's Werewolf by Night to give you a little spook. It's spooky season, so I got to give you some spookiness. And so we're going to talk about Werewolf by Night. So excited. Can't wait. You're so, you get on my nerves. We'll be back. <laughs> All right, we are back, and it is time for our Spotlight Shows of the Week. This week, we are traveling across the pond to London Town at Pierpoint Investment Bank uh, for Season 2 of Industry. That's right, the HBO show picks up post-COVID at the drug and sex field office floor with Pierpoint's newest cohort of employees. Um, this, I love this show. I am go. I went back and forth of whether or not I love this show. I watched season one, um, mm-hmm. and I just finished season two. Um, I think first things first. Let me say this: I have no idea what's going on. I don't understand <laughs> anything that is happening on the floor. So, so what this is is that industry centers around uh, a cohort of the, at least the first season centered around a cohort of students or new grads that were trying to get on a full-time position at this investment banking firm uh, called Pierpoint. And season two, we focused on the ones basically that made it and then one who kind of chose to walk away. Uh, But they have hopped into this idea of like uh, financial services for a number of clients, helping them buy, helping them buy stocks, helping them buy, um, do investments for their for their large fortunes and there's a couple there's a couple of things you have to kind of speak get through in order to be able to really lock into this show number one is all the financial jargon this is thing is loaded down with financial jargon trading um trading language things that you might not necessarily have a a, a huge history with or understanding of but 
what you once you kind of get through that, you can just see the power dynamics um, and the shift of those dynamics uh, throughout the season, which really make this an entertaining show. Um, I want to focus specifically on three of the uh, new employees. So that's Harper Stern, Yasmin, and Gus, who come in um, all from different walks of life. Harper is American-born. She's an American, um, and she's over here, but she is a tiny, um, scrappy African-American girl who is uh, coming in with all of the ambition and confidence in the world. Um, she has a really good she has a really good financial mind and really works well on her instincts. Jasmine is a or Yasmine is a um she is a product of wealth. She has her her father's very wealthy and I think she got this job basically because her father is who he is um in the financial services world and then Gus is a black queer man from London. Um, who decides to actually walk away from the financial world and go completely in a different direction of politics. For season two, we get we get to know a lot more about these particular cast's uh, personal stories. Season one focused heavily on just the dynamics of what's going on on the floor and the work that they do. Um, but see, they lined us up for us to learn a lot more about their personal lives outside of work for season two. Uh, which was really cool. Harper Stern, who's played by Mahala Harold, takes a deep dive into the relationship with her brother. And we actually learn why being in London is so important to her. Um, after, when COVID hit, we learned that she was continuing to live in London. She did not return back to America, but she wanted to um, figure out exactly where her brother was living in Europe. And so she was traveling and we see them actually have a conversation this season. Uh, we don't get all the answers, but we realize that Harper and her brother have been basically um, ha have a terrorized parent, uh, their mother, who is uh, kind of traumatized them into performing at very, very high levels um, and to, you know, to, to make her proud, but it, it's definitely come at a cost to their mental health. Uh, for both Harper and her brother. Um, mm -hmm. One of the themes that we see throughout this whole thing is that the the family dynamic for a lot of these employees, Harper, Yasmin, Gus, um, has taken has taken quite a toll. Even Robert, who is another employee uh, at Pierpoint. Um, one of the other plot points that I thought was uh, super interesting is Yasmin, who's trying to take this step away from her privilege. Um, she knows that she's very wealthy. She knows that she comes from, you know, this well-to-do family. But I don't think that she understands until season two how much of that nepotism has been built in to getting her to where she is today. Um, and she, you know, that she has a really rough wake-up call at the end of season two. When she when it basically cost her her job, um, spoiler alert. But I didn't want to say all, damn spoiler alert. It's a great. You're not gonna watch the show. Stop. You're not gonna watch it. <laughs> so it's it's a very um it's a very interesting scene that we play out with each of these characters and their actual families and them trying to make families proud, but also kind of assess their own independence. 
um, as these young adults with now who have these like very high powered, high powered jobs. So um, you can find it on HBO if you want to catch it where now, like I said, it's season one and season two are available for viewing. Um, you can also find it on HBO Max, but it's really it's a really good uh, show. Uh, you Like I said, you just got to get through the financial jargon. And once you get through that, uh, there's a really good, powerful story there. What have people been saying about it online? Um, I think everyone, without giving too much away, uh, everyone is kind of thinking Harper's getting what she deserves um, this season uh, for... Uh, for some of the things that she's done season one and season two, I will say this Harper is the, I mean, she is, she's badass. She, she is very strong. She is a black woman in this world who is dominating. Um, and she is a killer. She, she gets, she gets her deal and she makes it happen. And so, um, she has a very, very, um, role. she goes on a, a very interesting roller coaster this season um, with high highs and some pretty bad lows. So, okay. And so you said it's on HBO Max? Yeah, Marcus, you should check it out. I may check out an episode, but you You're lost not going me with the financial jargon. No, no, no. I, I've it's, heard people yeah, talk it's, about it's this. It's really show. hard. It's, it can be hard to, um, listen like it could be hard to kind of get through especially if you're not you know intellectually there i felt like that <laughs> i felt like that <laughs> i'm gonna let that, that slide no i'm playing no i'm playing no i'm playing but it's it's actually really good um i think it's it's very it's very dramatic it's a high drama uh, if you like succession uh you might like industry. Just to let you all know, and last week's spiel, we were talking about Nice Nasty. That was a perfect example of Nice Nasty brought to you by Trent Rashad. <laughs> so, so um, okay. Was that all you wanted to say? Yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, let's take a break, uh, and then I'll come back with Werewolf by Night. Mine's going to be short, too. I just wanted to highlight the show. But, uh, yeah, I'll talk about it when we get back. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back, and it is time for my Spotlight TV show of the week. And I just wanted to highlight Werewolf by Night. It is a something different do, done by Marvel um, for Halloween this year. But it also has some big implications for the MCU because it introduces another subsection of characters. We're talking about monsters and vampires, which means Blade is not too far behind. So Werewolf by Night is on Disney Plus now, so you can watch it. It premiered this past Friday. And I just wanted to kind of go through a couple of the things, the cast really quickly, uh, which consists of Gael Garcia Bernal, Laura Donnelly, Harriet Sansom, Sansom Harris, Kirk R. Thatcher, Eugenie Bondurant, Leonardo, Th Leonardo Nam, and Daniel J. Watts. Um small cast it's also filmed in like one of those old school hollywood horror movies like you would see from frankenstein or dracula you know back in the day that was in black and white um the the this the 
I guess we're calling this a movie, but technically it's a TV series. Um, but it's in black and white, um, at least for the majority of the movie. At the end, it turns back to color. Uh, but it it's basically the story of this family called the Bloodstones, who are known for being the master monster killers, monster hunters and stuff in, I guess, the MCU universe. And the patriarch of the family dies, and he brings all of the other monster hunters together because there is this MacGuffin, we'll call it, which is the Bloodstone. And he's saying that, you know, somebody else should have this Bloodstone, which basically gives you these really good big powers and things like that. But in order to get it, it's going to be a competition. And so he brings all of the best, the biggest, and the most cunning monster hunters together and, you know, his mansion or whatever. It's kind of a mix between a horror film and Clue a little bit. Because um, there are a couple of twists in this uh, Werewolf by Night series or this Werewolf by Night featurette. I'm going to call it a featurette instead of a series. So Um, it's in episodes? So, no, it's just one long episode. It's like 50, almost an hour long um, from start to finish. But they're calling it a featurette. So technically it's not a movie, but it is a movie in a sense. Um, and so it's in that weird little space. It's something very different than what they've done. That's why I don't really know how to classify it. But all in all, the storylines revolve around um, Laura Donnelly's character who plays the Patriot, the Bloodstone Patriarch's daughter, who's sort of been estranged from him. Um, and his wife, who was played by uh, Harriet Sansom Harris, who they have like a beef or whatever. And like, she doesn't like his daughter because she decided to go away. And he, she thinks that she was the big, his daughter was the biggest disappointment in their lives. And so they basically say, okay, well, here's the competition. If you want the bloodstone, you have to kill this monster. And so they go in one by one to kill this monster. But lo and behold, one of the monster hunters that is a part of the competition is actually a monster himself. And we don't find out who this person is until like the end of the movie or the end of the featurette. And so there's some little twists and stuff in there because the monster that they're actually hunting is technically not the monster that they're hunting. It's It sounds a little confusing, but stick with me. I'm trying to explain this in a way that I don't give it away because there are a couple of twists and surprises that are like, oh, OK, this is very interesting. But what I will say is that I think this is the most violent entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they be killing some people. They killed some people. Like, and we saw, like, there is some blood and gore in this. Like, some people get their throats slit, heads chopped off, axes to the head. Like, it goes down. And I was like, oh, we're like, I was like, oh, we're really showing this. I said, okay, this is different. This is different for Marvel. Um, but it was really, really good. I so I would definitely suggest watching it it's an old school horror movie feel mixed with sort of a new age storytelling theme um again like i said it's in black and white it's about an hour long it explores the monster side of the universe in the mcu and it's also mcu canon so i think that this is going to be their approach to introducing mahershala ali as blade um, in the MC, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because we talk about vampires, we talk about werewolves, um, we talk about some other monsters that appear in this featurette as well. And so, I would definitely say, if you're looking for something new, something fun to watch, Werewolf by Night is definitely uh, um, 
something you should yeah and for halloween itself definitely something you should watch trent i actually think you may like this so no, i would say i don't had, um yeah my old man was watching this the other night what did he think i was about to ask you because you know i always ask I what did your old man it. think when he watched i, I don't did you know. not watch I it no you should I watch it i think you should watch another, it i watched a little bit of it and i decided to go on into another uh television in the home Oh, 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 okay. Shout out to y'all having multiple televisions in your home. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I think it's I think it's really good. It's a solid. I wasn't quite sure what I what to expect from this, but um, I was pleasantly surprised. And like I said, it's not a long slog or watch. It picks up really quickly, and we kind of get to the point. And so, again. Okay. Excuse me. I think there will be implications from this that will continue on down the line in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you can catch it on Disney Plus. Um, it just premiered for Halloween, uh, and yeah, that's about it. I told you I was going. I'm gonna keep it black, but I'm gonna keep it brief. And that what she says. So, uh, but yeah. Anyways, that's all I have. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come <laughs> back, it will be time for our signature segment: Fizz or Flat. All right, we are back, and it is time for our signature segment, Fizz or Flat. This is part of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments, give them a fizz if we're feeling them, or a flat if or a we're flat not. flat if we're not. That's right. Marcus, go ahead and go first. I just want to give a huge fizz to Doja Cat. Doja Cat is out here drinking her water, minding her business, staying out of the rat beefs, and giving you looks upon looks upon looks at Paris Fashion Week. I don't know if you had a chance to look in that link that I have in the um, our sheet, Trent. The girl is giving looks like she was an all, she was in an all gold painted look for one, and then like her makeup artist did the damn thing on all of these, and so I was very impressed this is definitely doja like this is on brand for her um she looks great i'm excited that she's out here continuing to do her thing i know there was that little drama where she was talking about how she was retiring from music and stuff like that but obviously that's not the case i think you know the music industry is tough it's a tough business i keep we keep trying to and say people this are not like, making money anymore with music not like they used to they don't make them hits like they used well, to did they, they ever ask mace <laughs> but i give a huge fizz to doja cat for minding her business and serving us looks at paris fashion week and so it gets a fizz for me okay um i wanted to give a quick uh i wanted to run by you uh the velma uh spinoff that i will saw it. hbo max and so i saw uh, for it. those who don't know hbo is um shared the recent castings for uh velma which is a spinoff from the scooby-doo series uh we all know velma from that series i think what's really cool about this spinoff is apparently velma is a person of color played by uh mindy kaling so she, mindy and, kaling i'm so excited and she's going to be the executive producer of this show as well um sam richardson is going to be shaggy uh who is also Const a nigga Constance Wu is uh plays Daphne, um, who's Asian. And so uh we have it's a very, very uh diverse cast. Uh, and then Glenn Howerton, who is a white guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, will be Fred. 
So Shaggy's got a, a high fa- a, a, a high cut fade with some twists <laughs> on top, so, and I'm here for it. It sounds like, but I mean, it looks like there's going to be some really cool voice actors coming in to play. Jane Lynch, Wanda Sykes, uh, Gary Cole, Cherry Jones, Weird Al Yankovic, Fortune Feimster, Yvonne Orji, Nicole Byer, oh, I love Jay it. Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns. What? Like, so oh. this is going to be a really cool, it seems like it's going to be a really cool project with lots of people of color uh, represented um, in the cast. Huge fits for me. But you didn't even say the most important part. Isn't like Velma a lesbian? Oh, is she? Is it like I thought that that's what everybody's been talking about online that like Velma's a lesbian? Oh, yeah, that she is going to be a member of the LGBTQ community. Yes. Get to the good stuff, girl. Come on. (laughs) Yes. Well, I was just happy that she was going to be South Asian. I was, I thought that was cool. (laughs) And and with it, it. they're going to have a being gay too. Oh, Lord. Now, how's this Scooby Doo for kids? So, Scooby's not in this, from what I understand. Scooby will not be appearing oh, in this. Okay. Well, all right then. Hey, I'm here for it. So, it's a but fizz it's for me. Double fizz, fizz for me. For the gay, too. Yeah. It's total fizz for me. Um, we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but I actually had a chance to sit down and watch each of these. So first, I just wanted to say I wanted to give a huge fizz to all of the black people in daytime right now. We lost a couple with Wendy Williams and Nick Cannon, but baby, we gained so much more. We have the likes of Tamron Hall, Jennifer Hudson, Sherry, and even Karamo Bell. Now, is everybody's show good? That's debatable, but... I had a chance to take a look at all of these. I'm very surprised at Sherry's show. I never had a chance to really sit down. I like it. I do like it. Um, I also had a chance to really sit down and watch Jennifer Hudson's show this week. I like it. I think Jennifer brings such a different perspective because she is like a part of the industry and like has known all of these people. I think I shared a clip on Instagram last week where she was talking about... um, singers and like their signature sound their signature notes did you see that clip i shared yeah i thought that was really cute and she was going through like well mariah carey sounds like this whitney sounds like this fantasia's gonna kill me but she sounds like this and then she even made fun of herself because she was like you know i'm always gonna give you a oh and she's like i don't care what song is on i'm always gonna give you a and she's like that's my signature sound that's just how it is and i thought that that was really cool and it's i've seen a lot of audience interaction with jennifer hudson's show that has really made my heart warm too because there's a lot of black people in the audience and boy they be eating her up they love her and i love that for her and so i'm glad that her show has been successful now let's get to And we also talk about Tamron Hall. Tamron's been on for a few seasons now, continually doing the damn thing. Let's talk about Karamo's show. Have you had a chance to watch Karamo's show? Um, No. And it's Karamo Brown, right? Oh, did I say Karamo Bell? Yeah. Yeah, Karamo Brown. So So Karamo's show looks a little Montel Williams, little Jenny Jones, little old school. Maury. Maury. Yeah, Maury. Yeah, it looks a little old school talk show. This is how I know we are friends, because that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. I said Karamo's show is definitely in the vein of like a Maury, Montel, Williams, and uh, Jerry Springer-esque. And I don't know how I feel about that. What are your thoughts? 
I, I, I feel like, like hold up, don't nobody want to do it. I feel like we always come on here and people will be like, oh, why y'all always hating on Karamo? Why y'all always got it out for Karamo? This, that, third. I don't like it. I don't like it. I thought he was going to be doing, this is not a, I guess this is, this is a talk show, but this is not what I thought that he was going to be doing. Mm. How do we, and it's not, and I don't, and furthermore, it's on some kind of weird service. I don't even know what the name of this service or network is, but it's not anything that I've ever heard or seen before. So that also kind of took me by surprise. No, I have no clue. I think, you know, out of all of them, his show would probably be the last one I would want to watch just because of just the the format of it. I'm not really about that. Like, it, he tried to have, like, the clip I saw was, like, he had someone who was, like, a body shamer on who was, and then somebody who was happy about their body. And it just, I was like, this is an unnecessary conflict for me. I don't know. I'm good. Well, you know, in Queer Eye, he calls himself, he's like the self-help guru. So, like, he's like the, the life coach, per se. But it doesn't yeah. quite translate. Yeah, I think that that worked when, you know, his segment was all of 40 seconds. Not on a hour-long talk show. <laughs> You're so shady. <laughs> that's just, no, that's just, that is just being completely <laughs> honest about the situation. You're so shady. When you have a two-minute segment helping somebody get okay with bangs or, you know, putting on a different color shirt. Like, yeah. And then that that translates. It's different for a talk show. Okay, so maybe this should have been in the Wu Chow segment because Wu Chow. Uh... No, but I mean, I hey, I, I, it's a fizz for me. Everybody everybody in the black and daytime category gets a fizz. I hope y'all all get Emmys. I hope y'all all walk away with the accolades because, you know, it's just making more room for for other people to come up. So, Agreed. So uh, with that being said, I will say that's a fizz too, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say anything because y'all ain't going to have me on. Y'all going to be talking about me talking about, oh, you got it out for Karamo. No, that's you Trenton do. Rashad. He's no. got it out for Karamo. I'm just here all. so I don't get fined. <laughs> what else you got? Um, well, Ice Cube was on Drink Champs this past week and has talked about the long-awaited next installment of the Friday franchise. Um, and Who's waiting for it? A, a lot of people are. A lot of people are like, when's the I'm next not. Friday coming? Who's you know What's going Mm-mm. on with it? Um, Let's leave it alone. So, they asked, they asked, they asked Ice Cube what, what was happening with it. Um, and he let us know that Warner Brothers actually owns the um, distribution for the Friday franchise and that they have thrown out the last two scripts that were attempted for another movie. Um, and so it's been a lot of, he said it's been an uphill battle. Um, they first submitted a script and that one got, that one got denied, and then they submitted a um, a different story, a different take on what the uh, fourth movie could look like, and then that one also got denied. Um, and so he pairs it with that, as well as the death of uh, the guy who played his father, John Witherspoon, um, mm-hmm. as well as Debo, uh, Tommy Lister. Oh yeah. And then a and then the guy who played Ezel, they've all passed away. Damn, um, really? 
yeah, and so it would be it would be tough. Uh, he also kind of spoke a little bit about that it would be hard to you know would Chris Tucker ever come back? He was like probably not. He was like I don't think he has any interest to do the project. But uh, the first movie, the first script that they submitted was featuring him and Mike Epps, um, and they would actually have been like in jail for selling weed. Um, and then that one was denied. And so then they did another one, um, that basically focused on like the young and up and coming, uh, people in their neighborhood. Um, so it would be like the sons of, uh, Smokey or, um, you know, kind of focusing on that, but both of both scripts were thrown out. So I don't know if we'll ever get a fourth film, Marcus. What do you What do you think? Are you You're not waiting for a fourth film. It's a flat for me, and don't think I haven't forgotten about Ice Cube's comments a few years ago talking about, oh well, let's just wait and see what Trump does. Maybe he's going to do something good. Maybe he's gonna. Don't think I've forgotten about that either. It's a flat. So you still can't. So he's canceled from that. From okay. So, so here you go again, using that word cancel. Here you go. I not canceled, you never heard that canceled. word come out of my mouth. Well, he's not he's not canceled, but you are keep you're thinking about that. So I'm keeping tabs. Like words tabs have meaning and words words have words have purpose. And like when you say some silly shit like that, yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna so let that's that why go you don't because, want another Friday to come out. Well, I I honestly I'm probably an unpopular opinion. I didn't even really like Friday After Next. Oh, okay. See, I actually liked Friday After Next. I thought it was cute. Um, I liked Next Friday, but I didn't like Friday I like Next Friday, next. too. I actually like Friday After Next better than I like Next Friday. Oh, really? No. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I just like Cat Williams is so funny to me. Um, it's a chop for me. And like, yeah. I Yeah. To me, that was... That was I don't think one. we need a fourth movie. But, um... I I was surprised to see that they had done so much um, to try to get the fourth movie up and, and running, but it sounds like, yeah, now that all these people have also passed away, it's like, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should just kind of move on and let that be what it is. Um, yeah. Maybe do an anniversary special. Sure. Or a reunion like be, Fresh uh, Prince of Bel-Air nice. did. Yeah. So, that'd be nice. What would they even call it? Like, what would this be called? The Last Friday. Or last Friday. Like the last holiday? Let's call it last Friday. Flat. It's a flat for me. Yeah, I, I think um I give a I give a flat for Warner Brothers kind of like taking this because it is a shame of like what it started out as um and what it became. Um but yeah, if the scripts are not there, because neither of those scripts sounded exciting to me, like no. I would rather y'all just not do it. Same. Uh, the only other thing I have is you heard the news that about Tia Mowry and Corey Hardrick. Mm-hmm. They're getting a divorce or they're separating. Yeah, I thought that was very unfortunate. I um, it's so interesting because when I found it out, when I was looking at the news notifications, I was literally watching. Tamara be interviewed by Sherry on her talk show. Her book is out this um, week. Yeah. And yeah. then I saw the post that Tia uh, posted on Instagram talking about how her and Corey were separating after like 14 years or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, damn, sis, you couldn't have waited. Right. Like, we trying to steal Tamara's shine. Week. 
this book yeah. this week for the book out. But apparently Corey is facing backlash because there are rumors that he cheated. And so he's over here talking about, no, that is not the reason why we're splitting. I did not cheat. Blase, blase, blase. And it's unfortunate, which is why I give it a flat, because I really liked them together. But again, you know, shit happens. I don't know. I don't I don't know what happened exactly. Uh, did you have any comments on this? I did not have a lot of insight into their relationship. I never really saw them like interacting. And so I don't know what it was like. Now, what people are doing now are pulling up all of these clips. I don't know if you saw these clips surfacing of them like being in like interviews together and like Corey would be like, you know, because T would talk over him and he would get upset and like, you know, just like all of this like little stuff. But um, I mean, yeah, it, it is one of the uh, black couples that are breaking up, but I feel like it's just along. This is the trend that we've seen. Like, we just got finished talking about, you know, a couple of others um, in the past couple of weeks. We had um, Nia Long and her man split up. Miguel and his uh, girlfriend. Neo and his wife. I mean, no, it's just so kind Mig- of like a thing. So let me clear. So Miguel and his girlfriend are back together. They are back? So they've been back together. Oh, that's cute. So they did split up, like, I think either earlier this year or last year, but they're back together now. They decided to work things out because everybody was talking about Miguel saw how these streets was looking and said, nah, nigga, I'm good. I'm going back. So I'm going back. Did you see this? What are you, what are you sending I'm gonna to I'm going to send me? this to you. I don't think you knew about this. How are you sending it to me? <laughs> I'm going to put it on the sheet. I'm going to put it in the code open. Okay. Yeah, she just filed for a divorce. Again? Yes. What? So yeah. they couldn't work it out. They could not. <laughs> put it in the sheet. I did. I just put it in the sheet. I don't see it. It's right across from the TMRE Corey Hardrick. Oh, you put it in. Okay. Oh, this is from Complex. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Miguel's wife, Mandy, has filed for divorce following reconciliation earlier. Damn. Yeah. Damn. They didn't, they didn't damn. Make it, damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was rooting for them. No. I mean, it's just a long line. I mean, it's what's happening out here in the world, and, like, people aren't staying together. They tried. They at least tried to work it out. They tried, but I commend them on that. It didn't work. Damn. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they're like, Well, I'm happy to educate you and share what I know and bring you some of my knowledge. Um, But, yeah. So... That's just I just wanted to put that in there. So it's a flat because we love black love, but you know it don't. I mean, if it don't work out, it just don't work out. Don't I guess. Out. Yeah. So uh, that's all I got. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. What are your final thoughts leaving this episode? God, what are my final thoughts? We've talked through so much. Uh, I mean, pick. We could we could talk about bros and their dismal opening and how. You need to find your audience and cater to your audience. Stop trying to stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. You know, build upon what you have going for you first before you try to venture out and gain new ground. You got to have a foundation before you put a roof on that house, baby. You can't just be out here trying to build a house with no walls. You got to make sure you have a foundation and stuff set up before you really build up to where you need to be, Billy. But then I can also, we could talk about Kanye, like... He needs help. He needs help. Like somebody needs to 
There needs to be an intervention, something, something. Like, yeah. there's so much to take away from this. What are you taking away from this? Um, I am, I am taking away, uh, let's eliminate all of the stunt beefs. Um, it's just too many out here. And it's not even a, it's not even a creative or new way to get your stuff out now. Like, it's just, it's becoming more of a, the lazy way to get notary, notoriety around your name. Um, so let's start, let's just eliminate all the stunt beefs. I have, I'm, I'm putting a charge out there to all of our celebrities, figure out a different way to build buzz. Um, all of these little, these little Twitter fingers and, um, people are getting tired. Silliness. There's just, it's just too much money out here. There's too much stuff to be focusing on. Um, outside of just figuring out, you know, get, get you a marketing, get you a new marketing team, get you some social media people, come up with some new ideas to get, to get your word out and get your music out. Let's focus on a sophomore album and putting out some singles that stay in the top 10 on Billboard for both of these ladies. Let's focus on the music it's for everybody. instead of these beats. This yeah, is for, for Diddy, everybody. for Mace, for uh, Jordan and, and, and Draymond. And it's for everybody. I don't know if you want Diddy focusing on the music because we saw how we see how that's turning out. So I don't know if that's what you want. <laughs> uh, well, with okay. that. Well, we're going to sign off here. If you want to continue the conversation with us, follow us on social media. You can find us at Cold Pop Show on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Cold Pop Podcast on Facebook, uh, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. You can find me at Trenton Rashad on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end on all socials. And of course, you'll see this on YouTube, Cold Pop Show, Cold Pop Podcast. Uh, Also, we'll... Give us. A, we want to do some more interaction with our spill segments because I feel like we've had some really good topics lately, and I want to. I want to make sure that the pop stars are involved because I want to know like what what you all think about some of these things. So, by all means, feel free to send us a message or comment or leave your opinion and stuff like that. It's we're family here. Let's do it. All right, pop stars. That's our show, and until next time. Bye. Bye.